right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 316. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. Before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81, Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. You can write the show, awesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments, rate the podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, we're a video podcast as well, so you can watch the show if you prefer on our YouTube channel, so be sure to subscribe to that. For new and or long-time listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support our show at a $1 level. The Patreon tier is called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to patreon.com slash awesome. Become a $1 patron. Get a free die-cut vinyl sticker in the mail and shout out on the show that out of the way jake what's going on today my dude um nothing really too crazy uh we're doing a little bit of early spring cleaning Mm. when i say we i mean mostly sarah and because she's she had a four-day weekend for uh president's day right and um so we have this closet upstairs in our hallway that like is the whole it's like it's like at least half the length of the house so it's fucking huge Mm. and it just like runs down the hallway into a bedroom and um and it's just where we've just shoved shit Mm. for the last five years and so she's been pulling all that stuff out and i found or she found some like bioshock post framed bioshock posters i forgot i had. Oh, I remember you had those yeah so, yeah so i hung uh i hung one of them up uh in the room that i'm in right now you can't see it because it's actually hanging over my computer monitor it's it's a it's a uh a poster for the the mask the rapture masquerade ball 1959 is what it says and if if you've played bioshock you know that like like the like New Year's nineteen fifty nine nineteen sixty something like that is when uh, when shit went down and, and Rapture went to went to shit so it's like right. the you know a ad for the party or whatever that happened mm. um, it's pretty fucking cool but uh, <laughs> other than that uh, doing I'm doing okay we uh, um, I played hockey last night as one does and uh i broke another fucking hockey stick Uh. which is really irritating because they're super expensive and when i say they're super expensive i mean you can spend 400 dollars on a hockey stick i don't spend that much money i i buy like i buy good sticks that are like on clearance so i'll get them for like 150 200 Mm dollars but um in the last year I've broken three sticks by uh, if you if you've ever been on a hockey rink before, there's like the the boards that go all the way around, mm-hmm. and it's not like one continuous piece. Like there there are panels that are all like screwed in, and it's like a bunch of them side by side. And um, if if they're assembled well, the gaps between the the panels are n- almost non-existent. Well, at the rink uh, where we play at. The um, there are places around the boards where the gap is just big enough for a stick blade to go into, oh. and so three times in the last year, I've been going along the boards with my stick. It's gone in between two sections of the boards and just fucking snapped the blade on it. Gotcha. And so uh, it's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, that sucks. Other, you got to be careful. Other than that, so um, glad to for the glad the band's practicing again been doing pretty pretty cool stuff got a new song to play live next yeah. week so that'll be that'll be kind of cool i think and yeah. then uh you know probably it, it might need a little bit of might need a little bit more tweaking maybe as far as the beginning goes but i think that it's uh we it's in a pretty it's show place. ready yeah yeah so that's exciting yeah other than that um i'm doing okay nice how about yourself yeah, we went to Troy and I. We're recording this on Monday. Uh, Troy, who plays in Wanna Buy Land, and myself went to Pittsburgh last night to a record store that Wanna Buy Land is going to play in April um, called the Government Center. 
And we went and saw, for anyone who knows, uh, Jay Robbins, his band. Um, Jay Robbins is, let me go into his uh, wiki real quick, because I'm not as familiar with him as, say, uh, a lot of fans are, but he was the, uh, he started as the basis for a band called Government Issue. And they played alongside, I want to say, bands like Scream, which Dave Grohl is part of. So this guy's like mm-hmm. rock legend. This guy's from D.C. Um, this guy also uh, has been in Jawbox, Rolliker Laydown, Burning Airlines, Channels, and Office of Future Plans. So he was a touring bassist for Scream, actually. And uh, there's all kinds of shit. Well, anyways... This dude has a long lineage of uh, music shit on his career. So we went and saw his band play. He uh, He's also a very well-known uh, recording engineer. Um, he did stuff for bands like Clutch, recorded band, bands like Jester Brazil, Hey Mercedes, Shiner, a lot of like indie punk bands, um, The Life and Times, uh, I'm trying to, The Promise Ring, he did stuff with them as far as in the studio stuff, Dismemberment Plan, um, this dude is super, super famous in that group of people who like that kind of music. So his band was in town and he actually recorded my friend's band, uh, Signals Midwest. Um, their last record, um, Dent was recorded by Jay Robbins, which is crazy because the guy's just legendary. So his yeah. band came through, he played Pittsburgh. They're great. His band's not really my style of music. I'm being completely honest, but it's just kind of a thing that you go out of respect for the dude and his career. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Let him fucking play whatever the fuck he wants to play. His band was great, but the songs weren't really, they didn't strike a chord with me. And I think they probably would if I knew the songs going into it, but I've never really been tiled into Jay Robbins, but Troy had an extra ticket. So I went with him. Um, not much else going on, uh, playing some hell divers, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything fun or interesting. I'll tell you this. This might seem a little morbid, but by no means I mean it to be. Why is Greendale Cemetery one of the most beautiful cemeteries I've ever been to? Have you you walked around on that trail at Greendale here in Meadville? Mm. Is that the one up on Williamson? Or which one is Greendale? Greendale's like downtown. It's up off of Jefferson, like where Ted lives. Oh, that has a I don't know huge I've arch. I, I've, I know, I know where you're at, but I don't know if I've ever gone through there. Holy shit, dude! That cemetery is awesome. I was trying to get dude, my steps in today because I'm losing weight. What's that? Yeah, I was gonna say that's one of the. I mean. I don't know if it's necessarily morbid. It might be a little bit weird, but it, there there is something peaceful. It's there really is something, peaceful. Yeah, there's something neat about cemeteries, especially if you go into like some of these really old ones that oh, have yeah. awesome architecture and like the uh, we went when I was uh, uh, not to hijack your story, but like I I uh, I don't know if you. Were, would have known about this or not, but there was a couple of Halloweens when we were at the Plex mm-hmm. that uh, Andy and I went to a Halloween party at the Allegheny Cemetery in Pittsburgh, which is fucking huge yeah. and super old. And like we just would walk around the grounds like at night, but because it was obviously a Halloween party, it was nighttime. And, um, just these huge mausoleums and like really cool architecture. Like I could definitely see it being kind of a neat thing to just walk around and and kind of observe the sites. Yeah, it's it it, it, and by no means is it morbid. It's only morbid if you want it to be. But like Greendale has a trail that spits off the back end of the ridge, and you go down in, and there's like a running freshwater and a creek and like. It's a long-ass trail. So I was trying to get my steps in today. I had the day off because of President's Day. And uh, I'm doing well with the weight loss. I think I'm down 10 now total. A little more than 10. Like 10.3 or something pounds. So uh, shedding the weight. I'll be running in no time. But I went down there. And man, it's such a nice cemetery. It's 
It's really big. It's like it was like the perfect day for it because it was still sunny out. So the sun was out, blue skies, the snow was melting, and uh, the trail was not very uh, not very hard to get around in, and it wasn't very slick or anything. So I went and took a little mini hike today, which was really fun, which I don't usually do mm-hmm. enough of, and I should do that more often, to be honest. Um, that's a really cool cemetery. There were some really interesting uh, headstones, like big, big, like monuments. Like I don't even. I'm not a Catholic person, but I'm guessing uh, Mother Teresa or somebody. But like huge, lifelike, just like reaching up to the sky like this or something. And like I was like, God, yeah, fucking wild. Um, another one of. Uh, uh, let me see. I have it on my. I took a couple of pictures because they were just so gnarly. Um, because they're cool. It's cool to see this shit. This one was, oh, maybe Mother Teresa looked now, but this one looked, looks like an angel. It's fucking dope. It's like an angel putting their, like, some sort of, it almost looks like a lay that you would get if you went to Ohio, like, uh, sorry, Hawaii, but like draping it over a cross that's stuck in a stone. And it was enormous. And it was somebody's, like, headstone. Um, hmm. It's fucking rad looking. There's a lot of good old art, like artwork, um, stone carvings and stuff from in, in cemeteries. But I know when we went to Salem, Massachusetts on tour, they had one of the oldest graveyards in America, and it's called the Burying Point. And uh, you go there, and the tombstones are like yay thick, like they're just slate pretty much. But yeah, um, really fucking rad because they're all crooked and like they're, you know what I mean? It's just like shit, you know, they're like, don't even go, you can't even walk here anymore. Like you can look, but don't, don't walk on, on the ground. Um, well, the, some of those graves are probably 400 years old. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking awesome. It really is cool. I love that shit. But anyways, like I said, not to be more, but my buddy Rick, who plays, uh, drums in a band called post Ramon, I almost said post Malone post Ramon, uh, is always posting pictures of his graveyard uh, walks. And, uh, mm-hmm. man, I think it's a thing that people do. It is. I think it's really relaxing. But um, especially when you don't live close to trails and stuff, just find a graveyard. Just fucking walk around on the paths if you're looking to get some steps yeah. in. Um, but that out of the way, uh, we did have – hold on one second. I'm trying to get the end of this. Thing ready here. Um, hold on one second, listeners. We'll just go. All right. All right. Very good. Um, we didn't do show notes, and we're going to try something different today. We're going to just kind of spitball some news stories, talk about what we're playing, talk about some news that we know existed, but I didn't have time to get the notes together. Jake didn't. Jake just coming out of work. Um, I guess maybe I did have time because I was out walking around, but I, to be quite honest, I didn't feel like doing the show notes, and I wanted to try something different. So Jake's agreeable to it, so we're just going to figure this out. We did have one one writer write in, and uh, this is going to curtail right into games that we're playing. And Jake, I have to read this to you because it's pertinent and uh, it was addressed to you, mm. which is interesting. Um, my internet's a little slow. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jesus. All right. So it says. Nope. Sorry. That's not the one. Um, it's <laughs> here. God damn it. That one was a comment on the Skull and Bones looking like it was supposed to be Black Flag DLC, somebody said. Oh, um, uh, yeah. But I didn't realize that. But this one, here we go. This is from Big Box. Big Box writes in. This is listener feedback. We're going to jump ahead and do this and then get into games that we're playing. Big Box writes in on episode 315 on YouTube. And you can write us as well that way. But he says, Jake, WTF, didn't you pick up Helldivers 2? Not what the fuck, but why the fuck did you not, didn't you pick up Helldivers 2? You don't need a mic, and you, there's like nine difficulty settings, so you don't have to feel pressured to do shit for your team. Fred, talk him into it. 
To me, it represents why video games are such a cool medium. The amount of unscripted movie moments in game provides is awesome. Plus, it'll get supported for years now that it's such a big hit. Fred, talk some sense into him. I can't. Maybe Jake has it. Maybe he doesn't. But Helldivers is fucking great. So that was what I wanted to say as far as comments. And why don't we get into games that we're playing. Jake, I have a suspicion that you did get Helldivers too since we last talked. So... Uh, kind of got it. Y- yes, on a technicality. Uh, my brother bought it, and since we sh- since we game share with each other, I was able to download it. Um, and I've do- I've heard nothing but great things about this game, so I wanted to check it out anyway. I mean, I was kind of on the fence about picking it up, regardless, being only forty dollars or whatever. Um, and I will say this: I have nothing to say about it because I. Went to play it like four times, oh, and Jesus. all four times I couldn't get in. So all four times I tried to play it, <clears throat> it told me the servers were full, and I couldn't get in. Mm. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to go play something else. It's been a week since this game launched, and you guys haven't figured this shit out yet. Like, I'm not saying it's easy to bring more servers online, but, like, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get invested into a game where I've got to worry about every time I'm in the mood to play it. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get in. Mm. Like that, just to me, that is, there's no attraction. That's one of the biggest pitfalls about online games for me. It's like it was. It's the same shit with Destiny. It's like I don't have to worry about. You know, it's like oh, I go to play Destiny and then it pop, but I haven't played in a while, so it pops up. It's like you need a 65 gig update. Or, like, uh, you go to play it, and it's like, oh, the servers are down for maintenance, so you can't play this game. And I know people who are, like, into MMOs and playing online games. This is, like, a way of life for them. But for me, it's like, you know, it's like, for them, it's like, you know, going to the gas station or something. It's just, it is what it is. But for me, it's like, you know, when I sit down to play games, usually because I don't play a lot, at least compared to what I used to, I'm like, I'm ready to play. And I'm I'm intending to do a specific thing. I want to play for like a little bit, and then I got other shit to do. So whenever I sit down, I'm like like the other night. Uh, I think it was Friday night. I was like, all right, I really want to try uh, Hell Divers. I'm in the mood, and so I jump into it, and it's like giving me all these fucking server errors, or it'll say servers maxed out or whatever, and then I um. So, to make a long story short, the only thing that I've done in Helldivers is play a couple minutes of the tutorial. Yeah. Because I just let it kind of scroll, and it finally, it finally let me into the game when I was literally uh, – brushing my teeth to go to bed <laughs> so like i i fucking i i played like a little bit of the tutorial and then just kind of went to bed and then after that i tried two or three more times over the weekend couldn't get in right and it's like i'm I, i'm sure if i had like left it up and sat there for a bit i could have got in but for me it's like if i could pull this game up I can either wait 10 minutes for it to let me in or I can jump right into another game right now and play it. Like, I'm just going to pick the other game. So I am excited to try it out and play it because it does sound like a lot of fun, but I don't know that I'm really going to be that, you know, I'm not going to try that hard to get into, try that hard to get into it until, um, you know, it's a little bit easier to get in when I want. Mm. And I I don't know if that's, if that's, if that's an unreasonable, uh, way to think to you fred because i know you're super super into it and i'm sure it's worth it like yeah it's worth waiting to get into it but at the same time the game does have some some glitch stuff some like there there are times if i if i play too many consecutive missions i just start getting major frame rate drops and i have to turn the game off and then turn it back on it must like refresh the cache or and there's something going on with the frame rate drops after playing it for too long um, mm-hmm. On the PS5. Now, I will say that the game is absolutely fucking fun. It's 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 one of those games that like 
I don't know, man. They 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 nailed the fun factor, and uh, that's why we mm-hmm. play games. So there is something about it that I think about when I'm not playing it. And the sounds are like perfect. Like when when your guy stands into the hell pod and he's getting ready to go on the mission, just the two when it locks onto his feet, you know, and you're getting ready to drop down. Like it's just the sounds are like perfect. Um, the volumetric fog looks amazing. The 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 lack of a need to actually communicate with your team. I'm level thirteen or fourteen. Is nice because they have a nice waypoint system they have a nice like uh, you can call things out on the map system i think the sound engineering of this game has been done with such taste that it's probably overlooked right now um mm-hmm. the characters yell shit out uh and it just makes them seem like they're actually people and you know what i mean like but but then at the same time like you don't even really 100% know who you're actually fucking gaming with because they they have these weird codes for the players like it's like usually like the first letter of their PSN username and then like a number. So like mm. you know that hell diver is like A5 or B6, right. you know, and you're just like you know if you have to say something like hey B6, you know, grab the auto cannon backpack for me or something like they're just a fucking number just like the military would have you think, you know, which is kind of interesting, but the back to the sound engineering and just the sound design and the way they implemented it is so fun. Like if you are just getting close to a point of interest that's not on the map and you're the one that discovers it, your character just yells out, "Hey, I see something over here," and everyone can hear it. And it's like when you're in the game playing it, it's like, of course that's what that guy would say. You know what I mean? And it's not like you don't have to be like, "A group, but." Uh, I think there's something up this way. Here, follow me, guys. Come on. I think it's just like the character does all the fucking talking that they need to say to keep you from needing to actually communicate verbally with your squad in the battlefield. Like, you call in a fucking turret sentry. They'll be like, call in a turret sentry. And then, like, everybody in the map knows what's coming down. You know what I mean? Call in a supply box. Like, it just happens. So, like... You don't have to like verbally communicate with your squad, which I think is genius. So not only does like the the tags work really well, but the audio is fantastic. And it's funny to a point too. Like there are points where like you get really close to death, and if you can escape it and like get yourself injected for like a you know with with a, what do they call them a, a stip. Uh, I don't know, a stim pack or something. Stim? It's something like that. Yeah. yeah. You, 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 like your guy will literally just go pop off the thing and hit himself in the neck. And like randomly, it depends on how hairy the situation is. Sometimes he'll just be like, not today. Like, and he's running and shit and he's like stimming himself and he's like, not today. And then, uh, shit will happen where like, um, uh, you know, I, I call down this Gatlin gun and that I just find a stratagem that you can mount, you get on it, and you can just fucking start shooting. Not all the time, but once in a while, your character will just be like, yeah! He just starts fucking yelling while you're doing it. And you know it's a crazy firefight, and the other guys who are shooting too hear it. And it's just, it's so movie-like. And I think it's what Big Box is talking about. And one of the funniest ones are the, the jetpacks are a stratagem, and you put them on, and... It's not like a Halo jetpack where, like, you can fucking just launch, launch. Like, it it works. It's serviceable to get you out of a tight bind. Maybe you can hop a fence with it. But the fuel supply depletes really fast. So you go up, and, and it looks badass for all but, like, two seconds. And then you come back down. But it, it's really effective when used properly. But if you're the only guy with a jetpack, or maybe you're not, but, like, sometimes when you use it, um, it's this fucking voice. We'll say this once in a while. And it says it almost in like a bragging way. Like I've got a jetpack and you don't, it's like to the sky. <laughs> fucking shoots up. So it's like completely, there's no enemies and someone fucking uses the jetpack and you see the fucking smoke and shit come out. And this hell diver just goes like to the sky. And he launches. It's so fucking lame, but it makes it hilarious. So I think the sound uh, design needs a props for Helldivers. They've the the atmospheric 
like music and stuff is really good when you when you're on the planet the 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 sound of emptiness if if that makes sense when you land on a planet and nothing's happening um just like the like is there and like you hear the, the other hell divers launch down like and they're dropping in and they're like throwing stratagems and getting mounted up and then you're fucking going out as a fucking crew and there's like volumetric fog everywhere you just don't know what the fuck you're going to find it feels so good to play. The sound, I think, mm. makes it actually... I think, play this game on mute and tell me if it's as fun. I bet you the answer is fuck no. The sound is elevating this game to a degree that I, I think people are not paying attention to. Um, I will say this about Helldivers. Arrowhead and Sony, nobody expected this game to do the fucking numbers it's doing. And that's... That's saying a lot about a lot of things. It's saying that, like, number one, Sony didn't really believe in the game like they probably should have. Arrowhead was probably too modest with what they created. Um, that also says a lot about the climate of video games right now in general. It's just like, this game, there's not a whole lot to it, but it's so fucking fun to play. It's just like, mm-hmm. do, you, do you really need to reinvent the wheel? All these companies trying to do all this shit and add all this extra shit and do this and that and make these crazy stories. And like, Helldivers is absolutely fine as is if they knock the bugs out of it um, and uh, just get it going. But so right now, it had it has um, exceeded more concurrent players than every PlayStation PC port combined. Helldivers has Helldivers two, and then not only that, um, Helldivers two. This, this is the topic from Push Square. It says Helldivers two beats Destiny's two all time Steam peak, gaining on Pal World. This game is fucking blowing up, and it's it's crazy because everyone who plays the game is just like, it's so good. I haven't heard anyone say the game sucks. Well, that's kind of what's frustrating to me is that the more I hear about it, the more I want to play it. And, like, the more I hear about, like, the way that the game works and everything like that, Mm -hmm. the more I think, like, oh, man, it would be kind of cool if, like, like, what if if we got a squad that was, like, me, you, my brother, and maybe LJ. It'd be so fun. And we just kind of, like, jumped in and just played for, you know, an hour or two just to, like, kind of have – because I have to imagine that even though it's fun – with randos joining your game, it's probably more fun when you're with people that you know and can talk to. Yeah, and uh, and so what? What's frustrating from my perspective is that these pro- it, what it tells me is that these problems mm-hmm. are probably gonna persist because the more it's out, the more popular it's getting, the more people are playing it the more loads are on the servers. So, like, even if Sony's adding capacity, they're probably filling it up almost immediately because more people are getting excited about this game as it's being talked about. Major streamers are playing it and all this stuff. Dude, I was... You you made that comment about the the Steam concurrence. I was just looking at it. Helldivers on Saturday reached over 333,000 concurrent PC players. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so many concurrent players yeah. at one time. Yeah, and so I, uh, yeah, man. The more I, the more I hear about this game, the more I, I do actively want to play it. Um, and I just need to get back into it and, and uh, like try to get in. And it's frustrating that they make you have to log into a server to mm. play the tutorial. Mm-hmm. Cause you would think that that would be a good thing for it to be offline. You know, like I should be able to like, like even if I can't get into servers or whatever, I first boot up the game before it even enables the online shit. It's like, right. all right, let's walk you through what the game is. Cause you can't even like, if you start the game up and you don't have access to the internet or whatever, you can't even go to your menus. You can't even, like I said, you can't do the tutorial. You, you have no options to do anything whatsoever. As soon as you start the game, it's like trying to get into a server. And there's not even like a start screen where you press X to continue. Like right. it's literally like you're, you're in or you're out. And that's basically it, which is, like I said, it's frustrating. But this game looks – it looks really cool. And what I did play of the tutorial seemed kind of neat. 
you know, like the the stratagem thing seems kind of cool. How you have like the button command mm-hmm. to like call in your fucking ammo and shit. And uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm really happy for Arrowhead and Sony. And I I have to imagine that uh, if it hasn't already if it hasn't already begun, Sony's going to be thinking about probably buying this studio. I would think, and uh, just because like. They, you know, this is the second exclusive, second party exclusive that mm-hmm. Sony has done with them, and this one specifically seems to be popping off. Hopefully, it has legs, but I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, I know other like other places have talked about this and stuff too, but you can imagine them just like filling this thing with all kinds of content. You know, you could have different enemy types, like different worlds that are like fucking crazy. I'm not saying make it Fortnite crazy, but there's no reason why you couldn't have like, you know, some, some, uh, you know, other Sony properties kind of pop up within Helldivers as, you know, maybe skins or helmets or something like that. Or, you know, maybe you go to, go to worlds that have, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what you, what you would do. Like, like, like imagine if they just went off the fucking rails and you go to a world and it's just like enemies from Ratchet and Clank or something. <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying they need to go. Like I said, I don't, I don't want them to go like Fortnite crazy with it. But there, there is plenty of opportunity for them to fill this with content that, that would be uh, – because the game's already silly as shit. Yeah. So like why not – why not, you know – pepper it with some some stuff that people know you know just i mean not even even within playstation or like without, they could, they could, I, I think this that, would be an option to bring resistance characters back like the the aliens from resistance for sure yeah i mean if they're not gonna if they're not gonna make another resistance game why not throw i mean this game is basically humans fighting aliens why not have some fucking chimera in there that would be or awesome. like uh you know some other shit maybe you get uh maybe like some of the some of the uh the the weapons you call in are like, like the you know guns from weapons. resistance yeah right yeah you know how they have like that they have like the fucking like the homing weapon and all yeah. that kind of shit like it would be cool for them to do some of that kind of stuff uh because you could tie that kind of shit in without making it crazy Still like make I said, it you thematic, don't have to put right. yeah you don't have to put like fucking donkey kong running around the map like screaming and throwing poop at you like you could just have like let's say it looks all the same, but he's carrying like a fucking gun from Killzone or something. Right. And if you're if you know, you know. And if you don't, you don't. Like they they could do some neat shit like that. They could. Well, they had something to say about the concurrent players. Um, Arrowhead indicated on the Discord. They said uh, this was I think two days ago. Um, yeah, it was two days ago. They said uh, I'll just quote it here. It says, earlier tonight we had server-related issues with concurrent player spikes. This led to some mission payouts failing, some players being kicked to their shop or to their ships or being logged out. Our team is working around the clock to solve these issues. While we've been able to mitigate some of the causes, we're still struggling to keep up with the scaling that is needed to accommodate all our hell divers. Therefore, we've had to cap our concurrent players to around 450,000. To further improve server stability, we'll continue to work with our partners to get the ceiling raised. If you have progression-related issues, please restart your game in order for things to sync back up. Thanks for your continued patience. Your dedicated team over at Arrowhead. So they have their hands full. Um, And I'm not – I wonder if that's why – I was going to say I wonder if that's why I've been getting the servers at capacity message. Because I don't hear anyone else talking about that, mm-hmm. but I just started trying to get into it over the last few days, and maybe this was after this update where they capped the the player count, and uh, maybe that's why I'm having trouble with it. I mean, it, it's better for the stability of the game. I, I totally get that. Yes. But I would like to see them increase that at some point so I could actually play it. So this was from two days ago also. So they're doing a really good job keeping in touch with the community. They said, hey, hey there, Helldivers. Uh, we have improvements rolling out this week. Focus on the most serious problems in the game. Login, matchmaking, server load. You will see one update for PC and PS5 tomorrow. This already happened, but it said, uh, though, please keep in mind that no single update is going to solve all the issues. Rather, we'll be making continuous improvements over the days and weeks to come. 
We're working really hard to make sure that the game is a stable place to spread managed democracy to every planet in the galaxy. Thank you, as always. There just there's tons. If you go to like the um, the sub the subreddit, this is the latest, and this is from a developer. Um, it says, uh, "I am." This is this is a post from three three days ago. But then there was a response. So three days ago, a developer wrote, "I'm a, I am completely exhausted." So a bit of retro, retro, a bit of a retro of this week. Uh, I'm completely exhausted by the success. So is the team. Many, many late nights, on calls, emergency meetings, discussions around server capacities, shards, capacity units, CPU utilization, login rates, and CCU. Tired, but very, very pleased. And someone wrote and said, get in touch with Microsoft, bring Helldivers 2 to Xbox, and enjoy limitless server capacity in exchange. Weird that Sony didn't come up, come in clutch yet. And then the person responded three, like recently. They just said, it's not a matter of money or buying more servers. It's a matter of labor. We need to optimize the back-end code. We're hitting some real limits here. <laughs> so they just yeah. didn't have it ready for this kind of a reception. And, and they're kind of blaming themselves. Like, they just... They did the code that was written on the back end of this game was was not set up to accommodate this many concurrent players, and it's fucking things up. But uh, you know, this is a good problem to have. But I hope in the long run, people remain understanding. You know what I mean? Because the, there's a lot of discord, yeah. uh, you know, that can ha- can come from this. Um, people kind of shitting on the studio and saying, "Well, these guys should have known," or. Fuck, man, I knew when the first Helldivers came out, they had something special. You know what I mean? That game was really mm. good. I played the shit out of it. In fact, when LJ got his PlayStation, we did share play, and I had him play the first Helldivers because it was so fun. I was like, dude, this will be fun to do together. And it was. Yeah. It was a blast. So anyways, enough about Helldivers. I think we both I, – I definitely think that it's – dude, I'm telling you now, I, I know that it seems a little crazy, especially with Final Fantasy around the band and – Pacific, whatever it's called, Drive, and some of these other games. Like, for me, when it comes to fun, like, I haven't played a game this fun in a long time. It's fucking great. So, I, I mean, it takes the cake so far this year. This is this is a fucking pleasant surprise. So. Hell yeah. Jake, we don't have much other news. You said you wanted to talk about, um, I guess we can get into news. I guess that's what we'll call this. You want to talk about some Xbox news that's maybe related to what we do here um, that's interesting. Yeah, so uh, we've been talking about rumors over the last couple weeks about Xbox games coming to PlayStation. And Xbox, Microsoft, Xbox, whoever, they had a podcast this week that they labeled as a business update. And basically, they addressed all this stuff. They addressed the next console generation, yada, yada, yada. Most of it we don't care about. But they did confirm that four Microsoft first-party games are coming to PlayStation. And they didn't specify which games explicitly in the business update. But it's heavily rumored that those games are going to be Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves, Pentiment and Grounded. And uh, I don't know, you know, if it's a PlayStation audience, maybe they don't necessarily know what all these games are. But Hi-Fi Rush, like I've talked about ad nauseum on the show, is this really awesome, like, uh, third-person uh, action platformer beat 'em up kind of game that's all rhythm based. Like when you're fighting enemies, mm-hmm. like you you attack them to the rhythm, and like you can you don't have to hit them on the rhythm, but it gives you bonuses if you do. Um, and they, there's just this really if you're into music at all, there's this just really cool music component to this game. Not to mention like it's just, it's got this very like Japanese aesthetic, and it's very kind of out there, and um, it's really cool. I, I really highly recommend it. Uh, the only other one that I've played on this list is Pentiment, which is a smaller, like, watercolor-style adventure game. And when I say adventure, I mean that in the classical sense, where, like, you're b- 
basically walking around talking to people trying to solve like a murder like there's this it's just basically a lot of dialogue and choices and story and it's a very cool game it takes place in like the 14th century or something so it's like a really weird time too yeah um it's a it's a really neat game i never finished it i got through like the first act but i never got all the way through the game um and then sea of thieves is like their live service pirate game which is apparently pretty popular and then uh the last one was is grounded which is a game where it's like honey i shrunk the kids where you're like i don't know anything much about it but i guess you're like you're like small like in the backyard and you're fighting like giant ants and shit like that um so that sounds kind of cool too but i i don't know being a live service game if it's really for me so i just wanted to bring it up because this there i'm not going to get into all of the back and forth and the arguing over phil spencer's words and what does he mean what he doesn't mean and yada 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 blah 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 but th- this we're for sure getting four games it looks like it's going to be these four and They've left the door open now for many more of these games to actually come over. They have stated that uh, Starfield and Indiana Jones for now are not coming over, but that doesn't mean they won't come over in the future. So um, I don't know if you have really any comment, Fred, but I would highly recommend if my, – my thing is, is that if any of these games interest you mm-hmm. – Pick them up because you want to. We want to show Xbox that it's profitable to put their games on PlayStation. Right. That way, they'd be more inclined to bring over an Indiana Jones or bring over a. I'm not saying buy a game you don't want to play. Don't just buy them to buy them. But if you're interested in Hi-Fi Rush, if what I said, you know, speaks to you, mm-hmm. pick it up. Same thing with Pentiment or Grounded or or, or Sea of Thieves, because um, I think it would be awesome to see like Halo Master Chief Collection come over or Gears of War. Like these are games that have historically not been available to us as PlayStation gamers, but as a semi-agnostic gamer, g- these are games that I've played and they're fucking awesome. Like I I would love to see yeah. like dude specifically Fred. I think that you would really dig like Gears of War. Yeah, probably it's like, a, you know, you know, so um, but yeah, it's just that's just kind of all I had to say about it for now. And then they, they had some comments, too, about the next console generation and hardware and stuff. But I don't know that uh, I really have a lot to comment on there. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, that's someone has to take the first step, right? Like, honestly, like someone's got to take right. the first step. Uh, if this is if this is a world in which we as PlayStation gamers want, and we know Sony sure shit isn't gonna just hand over games to Microsoft, so um, to run on their platform, especially not first party games. So it's someone's got to make the first move, and I think it's a good faith effort. Uh, it's a gesture of good faith by Microsoft to do this. But they're also in a tight spot, dude. Like, they clearly need to make money on their games. You know what I mean? So, um, we know that Xbox console sales have not been nearly as good as PlayStation 5 sales this this uh, generation. But So, they need to sell some some of their games to more people. So, this is smart on their part. Sony's letting it happen, it seems like. But I just wonder at what point does does Xbox then say what are what do we get now? You know what I mean? Like, well, they they I think Phil Spencer did have a a quote where he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, we would like to see Nintendo and Sony games on our platform, but we're not expecting them to do that, right? Like, he made some comment like that. So, um, and I don't know if you saw there was a, another news article um, from around some comments from Hiroki Totoki, which is like the interim 
head of PlayStation right now. And he made some comments, I guess, after the launch of Helldivers about how they're looking into more multi-platform releases with their games. And I think that he's specifically referring to, like, PlayStation and PC, not, like, putting their games necessarily on Xbox and Nintendo, unless it's, like, a maybe, like, a live service game, like a, like a uh, Destiny, or maybe even, a, I don't know, maybe even a Concord or a Fair Games or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um... I have to imagine, and you know, to get back into like one of Phil Spencer's other comments, is that he said that over the next five years, he expects that exclusives are going to dwindle across all console manufacturers. Now, there's probably still going to be your Nintendos who it's like, you're never fucking playing uh, Mario anywhere else. You're never fucking playing Zelda anywhere else. You're never playing, uh, you know, whatever, Splatoon anywhere else. I mean, maybe Splatoon, but like... And I think Sony is going to be similar in that, like, you're never playing The Last of Us on Xbox. You're never playing fucking God of War on Xbox. You're never playing Uncharted on Xbox. Right. But maybe you'll play uh, XYZ ABC new fucking franchise that Bend is working on. Maybe that'll come out on other platforms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I – and. I'm long over the whole idea of uh, exclusives. Like, I think at this point, like, I used to get really kind of uptight about exclusives, like Sony big games, like, let's say Uncharted were to go to Xbox. But I think the way that I feel about it now is as long, and this is coming from, I guess, a semi point of privilege because we are fans of the dominant platform, let's say. Um, But as long as Sony has the success and the incentive to give us the hardware and the ecosystem that we love, it really doesn't hurt us at all for someone with an Xbox to be able to play God of War. Right. You know what I mean? Sony might have a problem with it because they want to sell hardware, but as gamers, we should embrace, like, we should just, I'm just kind of, I think a lot of it is I'm just sick of the console war shit, if I'm being completely honest with you. And, uh, and I, I would like to see, I, I would like to see, um, some of these amazing Xbox games come over. And if that means that an Xbox uh, you know the the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection comes out on Xbox. It's like I don't know. That's not really a horrible trade. I mean that that collection's fucking ten years old. So it's like yeah, if you want to play the newest and latest and greatest Uncharted, you got to buy a PS5. But right. it, it's like it's like let's say tit for tat, they give us the Master Chief collection and we give them. Uh, the Nathan Drake collection, right? Like that's to me, that's kind of a that's kind of a neat little thing. But I just don't know if it'll ever happen. Yeah. Not because Microsoft doesn't want to do it, because I don't know if Sony's willing to. It's so. it's interesting because like there's a little blurb on Push Square also kind of about this, and uh, um, Spencer was talking about Helldivers two. And he was talking to GameFile, and uh, he says, "quote I will say when I look at game when I look at a game like Helldivers two, and it's a great game. Kudos to the team shipping on PC and PlayStation. I'm not exactly sure who it helps in the industry by not being on Xbox." And then he says later on, "If you try to twist yourself to say like somehow that benefited somebody somewhere." Like, and and then he he also later admitted that you know there there is a legacy in console gaming and uh, you know that the the owners of the the console makers um, feel that they can benefit by shipping games and not putting them on other places. And he said, "Well, we we do that, you know. Also, that's our game. That's what we do. You know, we we mm-hmm. have exclusives. But like, I think he's just kind of like." bummed that Helldivers isn't on Xbox because it's so fucking rad. 
And he's like, I don't know. This is Arrowhead. Like, I don't know who who this actually benefits by it not being on Xbox, which is an interesting take, you know. And and I guess it could benefit, I mean, it benefit Sony. Sony, yeah, right. You know, they 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 can like for example, PC gamers for the most part, they're not going to buy a PS5. They're just not going to. So you might as well put it on PC, right? But Xbox gamers, you know, if somebody's going to if console gamers, if somebody's going to pick up one console and they're up in the air, it might be enough to push them over the edge to buy a PlayStation just because Helldivers is on it, and that's the zeitgeist right now. Right. So, you know, I I understand the benefit from a I don't know if it's necessarily an opportunity cost perspective, but like that kind of like it's like a console sales thing. Um, and I just to me, it's like you got to weigh the, the the risk reward. It's like how many. So on one hand, you get more sales of the game if you put it on Xbox, but. You lose out. You may lose out on a few console sales, but probably worse than that is that you're going to take a PR hit for doing it from your fan base. Yeah. But on the other hand, like I said, if you can weather the storm from the PR stuff, you're probably going to end up making more money just by selling the game on xbox although then xbox gets 30 percent of your rip too mm-hmm. so you're helping xbox out as well as making some money yourself so every copy that they sell on xbox they're giving xbox like 11 dollars or 12 dollars of that copy right and you know maybe they just Maybe it's just not worth it to them. Maybe like the the prognosticators in the finance department probably work out that like between the 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 PR hit and the loss of console sales and the the the, the actually the benefit to Microsoft, I just don't know, you know, that it's worth it. And right. uh, smarter people than me are going to have to figure that shit out. I'm sure some of it is pride on Sony's part for sure, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's definitely a, it's definitely a weird thing that I've been kind of thinking about a lot lately. Is as games start to become, as the, the lines start to gray between consoles and first party and what's exclusive and and all this kind of shit. So, um, yeah, it's weird. It is really for sure. Weird. Yeah. So I don't know. It is what it is. Um, I don't really have a whole lot more. There were, you know, there were layoffs at Embracer, you know, lots of layoffs, actually. Um, unannounced games were canceled. I don't need to go into detail, I guess, about any of that. Um, but I don't know, Jake. It's kind of a light, I don't want to say it was a light week in news, but like I said, I didn't really dive through and find news points like I normally do. Try to do something different this time, see how it works, just chatting. Um, podcast is a ton of work to do on my spare time. So I didn't have a lot of that this week, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Was there anything else significant that you wanted to chat about? I, I know Skull and Bones did release and, uh, the general, the general, I feel like response is that like people just really aren't super interested in it and it's not really living up to the hype. It's got some, you know, fair games energy to it. Or not fair games. Uh, what's the one that just came out? Foam Stars. Mm. Where it's like, or like, uh, you know, th- if you want to think back to something like, um, oh, what the hell was that game? Like the car game. It was like the car combat where you could get out of your car and we got it for free. Oh. And we played it for, do you know what I'm Rec- talking about? Uh it was wreck something, wreck, wrecking, wreck it, uh, wreck, wreck city or wreck. Um, Jesus, it was wreck something for sure. Wreckfest, wasn't it? Wreckfest? No, no, destruction all stars. Ah, fuck. All right, I was destruction well. all stars. So uh, <sighs> I like that. I game. totally lost. Good. I totally lost my train of thought. Skull and but, Bones. Um, it's got that kind of energy. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure. Like is 
Skull and Bones on? Did you look and see sort of what it got critically? No, I never checked. Skull and Bones. Let's see here. I'm on Open Critic. It has a 61 on Open Critic. So that's no bueno. But that also could be... They might be being hard on the game because of essentially how it came out and how long it's been in development and how nobody wants to play it and all this shit. Mm -hmm. But like... uh, yeah, I mean, so that doesn't really tell you everything, but at least gives you an idea of sort of how people are feeling on it. Right. Um, as far as like, as far as like uh, other kind of just quick news points, I saw a news point that said um, that as of the beginning of February, so that. Alan Wake 2 sold 1.3 million copies, so that's kind of cool. Like, it, it's apparently Remedy's fastest-selling game to date, which is pretty neat. It's a good um, game. Because that game is great. So I'm, I'm really happy to see uh, them succeed there, and I'm looking forward to more, more in that universe. And then I had one final... Oh, there was a... I don't... There was a... Sony um, financial meeting or whatever. And they had made some comment. First of all, like they had some, they're expecting some sales decline or something like that. So I'm sure they're batting down the hatches to, with the economy and all that crap, yada, yada. But I, I guess that they did comment that there's going to be no new entries in major franchises until at least April of 2025. So that's what Sony commented. Now, the assumption is that these are things like God of War, Spider-Man, The Last of Us, but that this might not include things like uh, Astrobot, which, you know, we haven't seen in a while, or... I don't think they're including something like Concord in this because it's a new game or um, any number of things that we've kind of heard about. But it's kind of a bummer, you know, assuming this includes like Uncharted and all this other shit that we've been waiting Mm -hmm. on forever. Uh, Even like um, Ghost of Tsushima. Like, okay, I guess that's not coming out. Uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense we haven't heard about it. But I. To be fair to Ghost of Tsushima, though, like, we got that in, what, summer of 2020, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is the beginning of 2024, so you can expect that it's going to be another year for that game anyway. Um, Assuming it's on a five-year cycle like Horizon was, for example. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this. I'm hoping that... Their major, in quotes, franchises that they're referring to isn't like a blanket to include any sort of uh, big, impressive game from them. And maybe it's just just referring specifically to their franchises like God of War. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting that you brought up Astro Bob because there was uh, somebody had uncovered that there was a new trademark filed by PlayStation for Astrobot in Europe on August 25th. And it's just for the Astrobot name alone. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what that means, but we could be getting another Astrobot, which would be kind of cool. Um, I think Dude, Astro, I mean, Astrobot VR or uh, Rescue Mission? What was that? Rescue Mission. So like, I never played that. Even if it was just a port of that to PSVR 2 so that I could play it, that would be fucking cool, or or like, um, dude, a full length freaking version of Astro's Playroom. That was like, like take that game, just add like five levels to it, make it like a ten to fifteen hour experience. That game was so cool, and it packed in with the PS Five. So yeah, 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 yeah. I would love to see more Astrobot for sure. <laughs> Yeah, Astrobot is awesome, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of stoked to keep on 
the old uh, Helldivers kick I'm on right now. I haven't had many problems getting into the game, like I mentioned before. I mean, I, the problems do exist, but I it's not been very bad. So my big issues on the PlayStation is just like the whatever, the frame rate dropping. So Astrobot would be cool, not to hop topics, but I'm just – this is what I'm talking about, Helldivers. I just think about it a lot. Um, yeah. It's always kind of on my mind. Just wondering if I'll be able to get a game in or not tonight. Just a just a mission be fun. Just one mission. Just let me play one mission. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is fun. And I have played with LJ, and and uh, he had a couple. He had a friend, and his friend had a friend. So we had a nice little uh, squad of four um, a while back. Well, it must have been last week. I don't know what day we did it, but we didn't get to play at all this weekend. But we'll try to get back to it. And Jake, if you uh, want to play Helldivers, let us know. Um. It would be fun. Dude, I got to learn how to fucking play it first, and I can't do that until I log into the game. <laughs> so, but if I if I can, I'm I'm all about it. Yeah. Well, apologies, listeners, if this has been a lackluster uh, podcast. I feel like we've done a good job winging things. Um, you know, keeping to our promise to put one out once a week. We air every Wednesday, and uh, if you're a Patreon of the show, you get the episode usually early. But real quick, we talk about games that come out every week, um, and this week is no different. We found some games that are um, coming out, and I'm just jotting down the cliff notes here on my notepad. Uh, February 19th, King Arthur, Knight's Tale, PS5. February 20th, Balatro, PS5, PS4, MX vs. ATV, Monster Energy, Supercross, PS5, PS4, QOMP2, PS5, PS4, Saifuko Kanajo, uh, Kanojo, uh, PS4, The Lost Legends of Redwall, The Scout Anthology on PS5, Warhammer 40K, Chaos Gate, PS5, PS4. February 22nd, we're getting 502's Arcade, PS5, PS4. We're getting Pacific Drive, which is a big one, PS5. Curious to see how that goes over with people. Yohane and Parhelion Numazu in the Mirage. PS5, February 23rd, we get Age of Wonders 4, Primal Fury on PS5, PS4, Flooded on PS5, PS4, Promenade on PS5 and PS4, and Strange Horticulture on PS5 and PS4. So those are the new games. There's some on there that always interested when I see something about Warhammer. Um, uh, this Warhammer game, I'm looking at it, it looks kind of like XCOM. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of their games do. A lot of Warhammer games do. It's pretty do. interesting. Uh, it's, it's like a turn-based tactical Chaos RPG, game. it looks like. I don't think it's getting any you know crazy, amazing reviews or anything. Because, I mean, dude, these, a fucking Warhammer game comes out like every other day. They're a die but, uh, Well, but, it's um, a beloved property. Um, yeah, hmm. so Pacific Drive is definitely the, the, the curiosity on this list for this week for me. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll keep this sure. episode short, dude. Do you have anything you want to say to the listeners before we sign out? We're, we're clocking in at over an hour already. So so the only thing I would say, and this is kind of a non sequitur, but like I've been playing Immortals of Avium, and uh, I didn't talk about it at the beginning of the episode. And um, I'm just about done with South Park Stick of Truth, too. Sarah's been watching me play that. Dude, have you ever played it? No. Dude, it's so fucking funny. Like, if, if you need something to just, like, put a smile on your face, it's just, like, you don't have to try. Like, it's very laid back, and it's just hilarious. Like, it's definitely worth playing. Oh, no. Especially thing. if you have plus extra because it's just on there for free to play nice. or as part of the service. But uh, anyway, but I've been playing Immortals of Avium, and I really like it. Like, it is, it is very reminiscent of, like, a PS3-era game. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of weird and different, and but it's also like well put together and everything. And yeah, I have some problems with it. Um, some of the controls are a little bit sluggish, and, and some of these other things. But it's really fun. A lot of people complain about like the Marvel dialogue or whatever, right? But for me, it's like I think the dialogue is. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's Shakespeare, but like. It doesn't bother me. I think what bothers me more about it is the way that it's produced. Like the timing sometimes is off because the way that the cutscenes are produced and stuff. But if you just kind of take it 
at face value. Like it's serviceable and um but I just like I looked it up on Open Critic just because I was curious. Like some of these fucking websites, like GameSpot, gave it a five out of ten. There's no fucking way this game is a five out of ten. I would say that, like, dude, if you're giving it, like, a 9, you're out of your mind. It's not that good. But, like, bro, this is at least a 7. I Personally, my experience right now, I'd probably give it, like, a 7.5 or an 8. Because I just – I think it's legitimately decent. And I feel bad for the people that like, – because this studio basically cratered when this game didn't sell. Right. And I feel really bad about it because I am legitimately having fun with it. So um, in my spare time when I'm not getting into Helldivers games, I'm playing Immortals of Avium and uh, I'm really enjoying it. So I'm sure that there's going to be some sale soon where you can get this fucking game for $5 or $10. Pick it up. And if, and if you're interested at all, pick it up because I think it's, I think it's a pretty cool game. For, for what it is. So that's just my last little two cents that I'll throw out there uh, before the end of the show. Very good. Yeah. I guess I don't have any... I hope everybody enjoyed their President's Day. You know, the, the most important holiday in the world. Um, yeah, it's such a fucking goofy holiday, dude. I don't even understand it. But anyways, um, yeah. Uh, nothing much. We'll be back next week with your regular show probably. I do have two gigs, man. I'm playing Friday... It's going to be tough again to get notes done, but I'm, I'm playing Friday at the uh, uh, West Side Bowl with One Up by Land. And then, Jake, we have a gig Saturday at 11.30 a.m. at the Tap That Festival at the Riverside Brewing Place. So, I hope that's not weird. It's weird playing shows that early in the day. Ah, we'll be fine. Yeah. We got, yeah, we got Shana running sound. It'll be good. Hell yeah. So anyways, we're going to be busy this weekend coming up. But uh, thanks for tuning in to episode 316 of PS. This is awesome. We will be back next week. Make sure you are tuned in to our YouTube channels and subscribed on your preferred streaming platform. And uh, we'll catch you next week with more PlayStation conversation. All right. Cool. You guys have a good one. Like, let me get to it. You don't know Jack? Yummy, yummy cooking jam and Yakuza 5. P.S. Yes. This is awesome. This is awesome.